Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Uh, so romantic sounding. Welcome to the wine business. <laughs> the crack of the cap. The crack Man. of the screw top bottle. Nothing says. Nothing says summer in Sonoma than a screw cap of rosé. Rosé of Pinot Noir. Yep. <laughs> Welcome to the winemakers, everybody. Hey. The high energy intro. <laughs> hey. Brian's turning knobs, discussing the spoils of Hospice Duran. He's trying to figure out if we're actually oh, well, recording. I found, or I not. found out. So, so all <laughs> hopefully of, not because this intro is terrible. Everyone turns into two bottles, and then if it's not corked, all those are all the things that we drink at Hospice Drone for like the lunch and the yeah, dinner yeah, that yeah. they put out all those bottles. So, yeah, nothing. Vicky's not like g- building a cellar for herself and Howard. Right? No, a, just you are. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, let's since we started there, let's talk about that. Are you, you and Jab? Are you guys <laughs> best friends now? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, we're no, <laughs> no, but it it was it was definitely. He's uh, waiting to go mountain biking with with Bart. that guy's a busy guy. Yeah, and well, and he has a full time job, right? Or does he? Or is that his? I full-time think no. Jebdunnick.com is his. It is now full time. Is a full time because Vicky said something about how he has a full time job. And and I I wasn't ever sure if he did something else and this was on the side, but and I I got I got the feeling that he wasn't paid for what he did a couple of weeks ago. That he basically on his own dime came in to taste all those wines and and do a report. Um, yeah. Well, sure, because he's selling subscriptions to it. Okay, right. I mean, that's the that's the model, right? Right. They're, I don't know. I got no experience with that. No, side. I go. Th- he's building content i mean what oh. he's what he's getting is not um paid to taste those wines he's tasting those wines so that people will subscribe subscribe to right. read his reviews which I'll, will be I'll out sh- in september he said so, so when it comes out i'll let you look over my shoulder and read it because i wouldn't dare give you my log on because that wouldn't be fair to him. Well, it's it's the, all the other websites that you'd be able to get into. Is that like <laughs> right. Netflix? Like Netflix? I was staying at an Airbnb and there was no uh, there was no cable. Like I couldn't watch like local channels, but they did have Netflix. And I don't I don't know how to get onto my Netflix. But there was like five other people that had stayed at the right, Airbnb where had Netflix. their Netflix right. on. So I, it was kind of cool. You're browsing through what they normally watch. I'm like, oh, I would never watch that. But Pablo. Seem to like like uh, the show about glass blowing, I, so I'll, I'll check that Pablo's out. Probably a cool dude. <laughs> there was um, one time a friend of mine was like, "Oh, you have a Wine Spectator log on." He goes, "I'll trade you my um, Parker log on for your Spectator log." Oh on. my god! Subscription trading. I mean, I think that's part of the model too, right? I mean, you go to Netflix and you have like it's my brother-in-law pays for it, mm-hmm. my 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 in-laws have a, an account, my wife has an account, my sister-in-law has an account, and you know somehow I'm, every once in a while I Venmo them a couple dollars when I'm watching Netflix. Right? Yeah, they're still making money. Right. Um, but the coolest part of going down to Paso was was I was just telling Bart earlier was hanging out with Melanie um, at Boniche because we actually. You know, all the, for the wine tasting, at the end of the day, we would take all the open bottles over to Herman's Story and just... In the in the ghetto. Right there in like a big industrial park, right? 
Yeah, it, I mean, it's well, literally no, like... It's, stories. Um, it's down the street, just over the bridge before you get on the freeway. I mean, it's it's like right there, but it is right. an industrial-looking right, right. But spot. it's not like it's a wine... It's, it's not, not like an area with 12 oh, it's wineries. Wine. It's not that tin, tin city. It's just in... It's kind of in, incognito. It's incognito, and it's just right next to like an auto repair place and And you walk in, um, and a it's body tanks. shop. And it's cool. tanks, yeah. and they put a couple yeah. barrels down and a piece of wood across, and, and all the wines would just get put out. And, and they you said, bring your own glass. They right. wouldn't even provide glasses. And it was just really? industry people. Right. And you just bring walk in, and you start A-Y-O-G. drinking wine. Well, I mean... Fuck, I kind of like that idea. Well, I mean, so you cool. know what? Maybe it takes... Like, maybe that's something we could do to add value is... Maybe we can organize a Jeb Dunnick tasting of Sonoma Valley wines or Moon Mountain wines. And then we can collect the bottles that don't get used. (laughs) Go show up somewhere with all the bottles. Right. Right. Yeah. And then have a tasting for the community and then have a bunch of wine to, I don't know, have some sort of... Um, dinner or something. I don't know. Well, that, the coolest thing is we're, that it's we're it was, brainstorming uh, here live. On yeah, the right, exactly. Well, it was all it was it was mostly industry people. So even Look a lot of the sometimes. wines that had been tried that day, it was the winemaker, it was the artist that did the label. It was um, I I ran into the um, oh uh, Ian, the guy who showed us around, who we met at Tablas Creek, right. who was looking for right. Nathan. Right. He was there, so we got to hang out for a little bit. Cool. And so it's all industry people. You're just so you get to try what your neighbors are doing because most of the wines. Uh, either were just released or hadn't been released a lot of barrel samples and so you kind of get to see what your what your neighbors are doing yeah and i mean that's not unlike what kind of what the vintners and growers are try to do when they have their mixers and stuff you know um but i, I like think, how I it was a little more though. organic right though, you know what right. i mean it's exactly where it's and mostly younger people um so yeah. it was fun yeah i was one of the old guys there was some gr- four girls from cal poly and you weren't um, even 49 yet then, because it is your birthday today. Happy yes. birthday, happy <laughs> birthday Brian. You were still yeah. 48 at that point. So yeah. you were still older than most of the oh, patrons. Oh, for, for sure. <laughs> um, but, but Melanie came and met me on Tuesday night, and um, um, we just hung out there, and she ran, in, ran into some people she knew and then got to meet a bunch of people that she had never met being in that community, you know, because she's kind of isolated over there in the East Paso area. And... Um, um, Got to just drink a bunch of wines and then we went to the hatch and had pork belly and porchetta. <laughs> pork belly and porchetta? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't yeah. Uh, porchetta pork belly? It's basically taking a little pig, cutting the head and the tail and the feet off and then, and rolling, then it rolling it up with rosemary, oh, lemon, garlic, and the, uh, yeah, olive oil. And, and, they, and, and what was cool about the hatch is well, that every day they do a different special. Porchetta is one of those things you don't want to have four days later after you make it like it's when it comes out of the oven and it's the skin crispy, is crispy yeah. and yeah. the fat is all rendered right. that's when you want it and then uh, so um and then when bart and i went there the last the time before that they had done the it was the lamb from tablas creek from and then Tablis they creek. featured the tablas creek wine so it was like order the lamb and then get the wine from the same property that the lamb that's was raised cool. on like that that was cool and it was a wine that wasn't like it was a library wine it was a couple of years older yeah yeah, very neat. Yeah. So, yeah, I like what's going on down yeah. there. There's a lot of good stuff doing, going on down in Paso. I got to meet Melanie's Paso, mom. Yeah. And then, oh, I just wanted to mention that. So she said, um, she said, I got some goats. So she was inspired by the Tablas Creek <laughs> podcast that we did. And she reached out and she, I th- she's tired of um, weeding because, you know, we got her off the roundup. But then it was like, so she's up, you know, as soon as she wakes up in the morning, she's out there weeding until she just can't take it anymore, which is about 1130 when it's, you know, 102 degrees there. And then she would come in. 
So she got the, she got a couple goats for, I think it was 150 bucks. And then the woman kept coming back to her saying, Hey, I got these other goats that don't have a home. Would you take them? Would you take them? So I think she ended up with eight goats for 150 bucks. <laughs> yeah. I, God bless you. <laughs> it would, cost, I know it would cost somebody a lot more money than to me to take eight goats from them. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> they have to pay me. Well, she, you know, she's got the space and I, you know, know. Sam, you have a fence back. I know. I was actually thinking about goats for the backyard. Once Althea is old enough to take care of <laughs> little pig, pig me goats yeah those are good yeah they stay stay small so 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 she wait is, are the goats in the vineyard or just on property yeah no they're in the vineyard because they're not big enough to where they're eating oh and so this is what she told me and i don't i just I, worry about the i worry I, melanie when you're if you're listening i worry about your irrigation hoses with the goats oh goats will just oh, goats, will, think about goats that. will eat anything yeah okay i mean let no. alone like the fruit and the vines but it's the it's the infrastructure that the goats can be I mean sheep will do it too well I guess uh, if you if you put um, like hot sauce on the irrigation lines they only chew on it one time right, right. I mean, well maybe they're Latino goats maybe they're like ooh hot sauce <laughs> <laughs> I mean I've heard uh, you know people will say that's how you you know you, if you, you train them that they don't want to eat that right you know and that's what she basically had to do with the vines is she she let them have grapes one day but put some stuff on it that they didn't like right and so then so they, they learned that good. that's not something they want to eat All right. yeah so do that with a piece of irrigation hose right some does she have irrigation hose? yeah she had irrigation okay yeah, i mean pretty hard to go i never walked down the vineyard because i think the day bart and i were there was it was hot yeah yeah. yeah, I like to. We stayed near the rosé indoors. In, yeah, in at the in in the air conditioned. Which, um, by the way, we're drinking today. So I was so, Bart had a rosé from Colorado. Yes. Do you want to talk about your which trip? We're not to, drinking. Which we're, which we're actually not tasting. It's funny. It tasted a lot better in Colorado than it did here. Um, and it, it's a nice Could wine. Be an elevation. Yeah. <laughs> you were a little Seriously, dizzy. I'm not, I'm I mean, here, here's the thing: is that the the grapes for that were actually grown at like 5,600 feet. Wow. Um, and and it's in high. it's yes southern um, southern uh, Colorado, uh, Sutcliffe Vineyards. Um, it, it was it was kind of fun to go and check out a winery like that. The winemakers from Napa and uh, someone's got some good experience and the wines were good. I bought a bottle of Cinso and a bottle of Sauvignon Blanc. They were and the rosé and the rosé. They were grown at fifty six. Some of it was grown at fifty six hundred. Some of it was grown on the western slope in Colorado. So still at elevation, but not quite at not, not as, at extreme. this as extreme as I this. Because that rosé was Cab Franc. Yeah, at fifty six hundred feet, they probably picked it in. Jan- October? January? Oh. <laughs> January? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, th- that's just it. They, you know, it is high desert, so you do get the the massive shifts of the day we were there. It was definitely in the nineties, and you know, at night when where we were staying, we were at seven thousand feet, and it was getting down to you know fifty. So, I right. mean, there's a shift there without a doubt. Well, and there's, it's just the it's the growing season length that becomes right. You know, when do those grapes? When do they actually do bud they, out? Yeah, when do they bud out? When do they flower? You know, still, you still have to get to, yeah. You still have to get to something that turns color by. Did it? You know, did before it snow then there? It starts dropping down into freezing. Oh, I'm sure they get snow. There. They would yeah. get snow. On yeah, the I mean, it's really interesting. Um, it's all red, like uh, red rock cliffs. I mean, it reminds you of you know being in, uh, well, red rocks in Denver. I mean, it's that right. same sort of uh, material. You know. Um, ground and whatnot sandstone so, is that what yeah that is? it is sandstone yeah. it is sandstone um 
So it, it was a cool experience. I, the wine's very nice. I'd be curious to see how the other ones taste. Um, it was just lacking a little bit of acid, I would think. With the right. three of us all. Well, and then Sam walked in with a little sixteen six hundred in a turb rosé, and it's my <laughs> birthday, and so I want to drink rosé all day today. Right. And, and just brought you one of the kegs. <clears throat> <laughs> I gotta we'll work. work I gotta work later. Um, but I but I wanted to let you know that you know that conversation that we had about will there ever be a hundred point rosé? Oh, right, you 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 took it so, to the source, right? So went right to Jeb and and asked him, um, you know, is there, will there ever be such a thing as a hundred point rosé? And he said no. And I was yeah. like, why? If if it's being judged against other rosés, and he said it's not. It's being judged against all wine. So that's the criteria. Is that there's other white wines in the world, like white Bordeaux that are, you know, Sauvignon Blanc and Semillon, but you're doing some oak aging uh, uh, or, you know, white Chateauneuf. They're, they're, they're getting judged against Napa Cab, against Shiraz from Australia, against the, basically a wine score is a score of that wine against all other wines. So it's not a score against all other rosés um, or other white wines that that's the criteria. I mean, so in that note, then, kind of what are you saying, excuse me, is that if the highest scoring rosé on his list is a 93. Right, which right. I think we, we went, we tried to do a deep dive of every rosé he'd ever right. scored. And that it was, so I that's anything over 93, right? right? You were there when we were doing that. Yeah. yeah. So, 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 I mean, essentially, if that's the highest scoring rosé and you scored a 91, then that's that's a pretty goddamn i mean that's among right. the top two or three percent of all rosés right so we're just we're, you take basically take hit those scores and then make it a curve within right. the varietal or the Correct. style Correct. I, I, I mean i mean I it's the that. same thing i did I great it on the curve i did a lot better on the curve than in real life right <laughs> <laughs> And in, and the same thing kind of be said about like Sauvignon Blanc is without a doubt. I mean, there's no hundred point Sauvignon Blancs out there. I mean, there's high ranking Bordeaux blends, but um, I don't think there's a hundred. Yeah, I mean, I would think that if you take that, there are only ninety nine and hundred point white wines would have to be Burgundy, right? I mean, you'd be you'd be ta- I'd be talking about you know Grand you know Premier Cru or better Chablis or, and Montrachet. Right. Yeah, or, or oh, for you just talking about white wines. I mean, if you're gonna say yeah. if if you're gonna say that all wine is judged against all other wine, right, right, and then how do you you know put a Chardonnay versus you know a hundred point bottle of Oakville Cabernet? The only things in my mind, you know, when, when because. What I hear when he says that is that basically there are criteria for a hundred point wine that rose can never correct achieve, which is some sort of body or age. And I think the one you know more sort of objective than subjective is ageability. That was a follow up question, right? and that was definitely something that he said. Ageability does come into play. So, I mean, if that being you know what are ageable white wines, and really the only truly ageable white wine maybe riesling but it'd be it's you know of of the criteria to be you know three digit scores or upper 90 scores um you know so uh, interesting it's very that is it is very interesting to think that it is ageability um is one of which the so then could a bottle of uh, you know Lopez and Heredia, um, you know 
Rioja Rosé that they don't even release for 10 years after vintage date. Um, maybe could be something that could compete yeah. at least, right? Because right. it has these scores that are completely the subjective side of it right. Right. that you have to have to get, you know. But I think what scores the highest out of Rosés is probably Bandol, you think? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Bandol, maybe like a... a Sinequinon rosé. Do they make one? They make a rosé that, you know, I saw, we were just thumbing through, um, you know, the wine searcher or something. Um, you know, there was an article that came out and it was either wine search 750, I can't remember, um, that a vintage bottle at auction of Sinequinon rosé, a 2005, a few years ago, sold for like, it was, it was like 21, it was stupid money. It was like 21,000, 41,000. I don't remember the details. It's like a charity auction. No, I think it was like an, a you know wine auction, huh? Um, and that's you know based on name and and availability. But and it could have been um, right after Manfred's accident, you know. Other right, all these other factors that go in there. But yeah. point being, you know, maybe that's the only thing they could think up there with Bandol as far as yeah, uh, right, ageable rosé. Yeah. So um, anyway, maybe that's the story. Got so ageability. Maybe 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 um, you know when when Jeb is back. Tasting it again, t- you know, tasting us when we have the the Adutet red finished. Um, we'll put the eighteen in front of them, yeah, and it connects to the nineteen, and be like, "Hey, this this is ageable." Right? Maybe you know, aging two or three years doesn't count enough, but you know, when you start talking about that, maybe we can find a ceiling of rosé that's at you know the mid 90s instead of the low 90s right. I don't know. but that was one of the other questions that i asked is that you know i know you taste wines because a lot of the wines that he was tasting were barrel samples so i said do you ever you ever score a wine and then the the winemaker comes back and says you know i think the wine's tasting much better and he said absolutely always willing to do another tasting if if the wine is improving yeah and I, I mean i also believe that when he tasted the autotet rosé it was a less than a month after bottling, I think it tastes. A little yeah. I think in general, rosé as a category um, probably tastes better towards the end of summer than the beginning of summer when everybody's trying to sell it. And, right. Right. You know, I, I mean, it is it, it's a challenge, a- right? If you believe in bottle shock, which I do, if you're bottling something in even early spring or late winter, you know, still it's changing and improving in that settling back into its you know, new shape and size um, for three months, six months. Well, I mean, I think that's and I think that's a moving target because um, there's no doubt, you know, this can even go back to the biodynamic calendar. There's no doubt that the wine evolves and changes throughout its time in the bottle. And certainly it probably changes the most in the first three months. Right. Because there have been bottles that I've opened like the day off after on the bottling line and said, man, this is going to be a great wine because it tastes so good right now. And you come back a month later and you open a bottle of wine, you go, "Eh, now, why is it so wonky? You know, and it's just a phase that the wine goes through. I've always was always told that that first day or two post bottling, um, it's you can drink those wines and have an idea and that. If you wait, you know, a week after that, it's already gone into right. This it's weird oh, phase. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. You, no, no. I was gonna say it could have been a root day. Well, 
<laughs> have you heard of this? Let me check. Let me. I'm what? What are? Do you have? A, do you have your app? I do. Let me, usually, let me I just check it out. usually Let's, just ask Paul. Right. Um, do you guys? Do you guys ever wine or not? talk about this at all in the tasting room? Well, no. I would hope you wouldn't, because the last thing you want to do is just tell, tell a customer that uh, today's not a good day to drink wine. Right. You should go down to Hot Monk and just have a beer. Um, <laughs> no, you know. Sure. When we open bottles and are tasting through things. The only times that will is when something tastes noteworthily different and or is like everything is just like super spot on and tastes amazing. And then I'll have Paul pull up his app with what kind of day it is on the biodynamic calendar to see if there is any correlation. Right. Um, you know, I for the sake of the science-backed people who listen to us, I won't say causation, but I will say correlation. And there is correlation between, you know, fruit days and, like, fruit day full moons, which is what we're coming into. So it's, I bet you we're... So, okay, you ready? Yeah. So Wednesday, August 14th, good for wine, no. No. Oh. At 12 noon, that's At 12 correct. noon. Yeah. Now, well, this rosé is tasting pretty fucking good Exactly. Right now. Well, that's the... I mean, that's the... So there's a few problems... We're going way down this like. <laughs> well, so and, 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 and can we light up a joint before we get into this? <laughs> well, so so <laughs> why do you think I was late? Um. <laughs> so so, but here's the interesting thing is is so you when you go back on the app and you go back a day. So from Tuesday, um, it was a root day, and Monday was also. No, Monday was not a. Where did I just say that? Yeah, Monday was a was not a root day. Um, Sunday was a fruit day and on a fruit day all day it was good for wine according to the app now on Tuesday when it was a root day um, it was good from 6 a.m. I'm sorry it was it's not good from 6 a.m. to midnight but from midnight to so 6 a.m. It's, it's Brian Casey wine drinking time <laughs> <laughs> and again I, I love the spirit of it and stuff but it, as well, far as here's fun, my question Noon where? Well, <laughs> <laughs> right. Is this Greenwich Mean Time? Are we like adjusted to Pacific Standard now that California voted to stop doing daylight savings times or whatever the we fuck? We did? Yeah, I think so. And we picked the wrong one. We picked the wrong, like, that was the pro why I voted no. It was like it was going to lock us into one way or the other. Right, and, it and we picked, picked the wrong one. We picked the wrong, yes, wrong. In did. classic fucking California style, we picked the wrong one. Right. Um, so that's... Uh, but really, that's the point with the with the biodynamic calendar. There's a handful of different versions of it, and of course, they're all different. Like, so show. here, guys, I'm going to show you this. So this well, is last week, and the red are the good days to drink wine last week, and the other ones are not. Huh. So there were actually only only last Sunday and Thursday were the were the good days. Will you wine. tell people the name of that app so just so we don't have to explain everything no. we're talking about? <laughs> no, just, do they, they can actually go to the app and, and if they want to play around with it, no. You it's called When Wine, W-H-E-N Wine, W-I-N-E. Okay. And yeah. my experience, because Paul is about a you know, Steinerite, okay. my, my you know, business partner and colleague, Paul White, who's made a brief cameo on the show in recent episodes. Um, but... Hardcore into the biodynamics. Um, so we've checked the biodynamic calendar when we're tasting things. And look, if you're listening to this podcast or you're on this podcast, you agree that there is never a bad day for wine, <laughs> right? I mean, we, we all have. The, so 
check if you have the app, download the app, and if you want to look to see if things are root days, fruit days, flower days, or leaf days, see if you notice different things in the wine on different days. Yeah. You know, and obviously this is a lot easier when, you know, you have a tasting room and you can open the same wine yeah. every day of the week and, and, and check in on that. Um, but because it know. doesn't work to open a wine and then drink it over three days and see if it changes. Right. Because it, will, it changes, changes in the bottles has yeah, yeah. more to do than the day. Yeah, unless you got a Coravin at home. So you can, I mean, yeah. maybe you could Coravin in it. Maybe yeah. that's the way to do it. Um, but, still the, if you have, Full faith in Corbin as not changing wine. Um, well, I think over three do, days you'd be okay. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Well, what, what you, know, you do is if you live in an area with tasting rooms, just go, go frequent to, your go local tasting room three or four days in a row, right. and, and, and tell them to waive the tasting fee that the winemaker said to waive. The right, winemakers fee. podcast <laughs> said waive the tasting fee. I'm doing this for science right. <laughs> or and, pseudoscience. And tell us who case it, Tell us who it is, and we'll give them a shout out. Yeah. <laughs> And they uh, tell them to send us a bottle too while they're right, at it. Right. <laughs> or three, so we can taste it over three days. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on. Well, wait. Do we finish the hundred point hundred point rose conversation? Yeah, I, I mean, so. it's, yeah. it's never going to happen. It's right? never going to happen. Right. So let's never say never. Let's talk about 2019. Not going to have a hundred point rosés <laughs> in 2019. I'll tell you what. There are um, there won't be any hundred point rosés most Although likely. We might actually only be making rosé in 2019. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, uh, there are some people picking grapes. And, where where? Uh, oh, I don't know. I, I see it on my Instagram feed, and I wonder if it's actually people uh, actually picking grapes or not. Yeah, um, I mean, well, I know. Um, on as scale goes, um, Mum has brought in some grapes to Kenwood, right? Because uh, I know they've crushed a little bit. Okay, so, so that, sparkling, uh, sparkling, that makes sparkling sense. is okay. like eh, I think we're just getting into the beginnings of sparkling. Well, uh, um, you know, uh, there was a crew on Instagram picking Palomino in right um, in somewhere out in Contra Costa, the, the Kleins on the Kleins property. That's Klein Palom- yeah. Palomino, um, but you know, this is the very very first trickles of it because I you know then well so then the, the, the camera other, pans out and it's two half full bins I right mean, this is right. not it's, we're not really it's, in it yet no you're not with the exception of I did see some video from my friend Jen Wall is the winemaker for Barefoot which is the huge Gallo right. brand and gas station wine and and they're they're crushing grapes. Um, there was Probably some, from southern southern San Joaquin. That's correct. Yeah. But there was some videos out there of the minute they dump those five ton gondolas, and then they have this automatic rinser to rinse the bins out. And, and honestly, there must be a couple hundred gallons of water that rinses these bins out. And so, um, Go, and it goes right into and it goes and it goes right into the hopper with the grapes. And so <laughs> it, it's it's really I mean and and listen when I worked at Kenwood and I mean we used water to rinse out bins and you know we used a pressure washer, but um, you know so there is a little bit of at large wineries there is times where they use water to rinse out uh, the bins small and stuff. wineries everybody I mean everybody does but yeah. the amount of water that they do on this it's unbelievable fire hose it it is a fire hose it is a fire hose and so I wondered I I, I wanted to call Jen and give her a hard time about it but I you know maybe that's not fair <laughs> no no it's not but we're but we're pretty so, close yeah I mean so what's are, going on Sam you're um well, if we had recorded this segment last year, 
we'd be having this conversation about late July instead of mid-August. And last year was a late year. We're trending at least two weeks behind on things. Um, And it's weird to say today because um, it was 100 degrees, 97 degrees at the Rossi Ranch at 11 a.m. this morning. Um, So we're in the middle of like a crazy heat wave, but it's actually been a cool summer. It's been totally moderate weather. Um, but even though the July, we supposedly had the warmest July on record, right? Yeah, but I heard that. Some of this has to do with That's worldwide. This is uh, talking, about, okay. talking about Sonoma, okay. right? I mean, okay. um, and it may have been like consistent temperatures, but they weren't high. We only had three yeah, days in like the month that. of July that um, were over 95, I think, which is, you know, and we've had. I think this will be like only the third or fourth day this whole summer that's going to hit 100. Um, and then I think on top of that, you have to look at the fact that this was probably one of the, in, again, in Sonoma, in the North Coast, coldest winters. Coldest, wettest. Right? Like yeah. coldest, wettest. How many times did we have snow on the peaks? Um, right. So so the ground was very slow to warm up. Um, uh, bloom and bud break were very slow to happen. Um, it's just trending that way. Right. So the God. question is, is you know, as, as they always say, you know, what's on the other end, when does the first real storm come in? Um, you know, grapes will sit out there and mature until they can't anymore this year. I mean, right. Everybody will be pushing to the last minute. I mean, you know, we picked on election day, 2018. I imagine that, um, we'll be picking later than that in 2019. Um, if, if, if the fall if conditions of conditions allow yeah. that was the thing about last year is we did get we had two inches of rain on October 2nd um, and then it literally didn't rain until um, late December and then it didn't stop raining until June um, so you know it, it's yields are going to be down which is fine after last year we could all you know use to make a little less wine Um the question is, what's the quality going to be? Um, and you know, might be more like a 2011 um, than you know a drought year vintage. Um, 2011 was speaking of critics, you know, sort of universally panned. Um, but I think that there's people who you know know things um, and you know know good producers and and good farmers. Um, found really interesting wines in 2011 when you have climactically different than normal conditions in California and North Coast. You get, you know, when we get those cool climate vintages, sometimes they can be really fun, really interesting. Yeah. Um, so well, that's good people adjust, right? I mean, your dad adjusts to the weather. It's not like right. he says, this is the plan. Every year we follow the same model, regardless of weather. Every year it's, you're tweaking it, right? Every year you're, yeah, it's, uh, you know, on a day to day basis you're tweaking yeah. the, the plan especially in a year like this um, so you know it's it, the one thing that you can say for certain is that there's less grapes out there than there was last year yeah I um, mean even when I walked through the Grenache at Rossi uh, the other day it, it's very obvious the, that there's less bunches um, and then with the um, the buds that, or the, the flowers that didn't set fruit the bunches are going to be much looser. Right. The question is, is how much will the berry size up at this point? And, and that could be a little bit of the saving grace, you know, but again, um, I, I don't see any reason why it couldn't be good quality if the weather 
weather just kind of create weather yeah. holds and yeah. you know and and if we can get it ripe enough right um, right well and that's one of the things that i know from at least in you know enterprise vineyards farmed vineyards um <laughs> that yields will be down right. because the best way to you know when you're fighting ripe you know to get ripeness to leave less fruit hanging out there right. you have a better chance of getting there so you know i mean i know I've posted on Instagram, you posted on Instagram, especially Grenache uh, seems to be like, you know, further than two weeks behind where you have these yeah. in bunches or rows, sections of these vineyards that uh, every every single berry is still green and hard. Hmm. Um, well, I, I thought what was interesting <laughs> is that my, where I get my Grenache from Rossi, last year it was just a few rows and this year it's the whole block. So I don't think I'm increasing how much I'm buying. I just think that, that that's how you had to get to your number. That's how I had to get to my number. Yeah. yeah. And wow. that's and that's a bummer for, you know, the the right. the Rossi ranch. I mean, you when know. you know, it doesn't cost any less to farm. In fact, this year it probably cost more to farm that block of grapes. Right. And, you know, last year there was enough fruit out there to probably it probably went to two or three different wineries. Right. And this year, you know, that one block yeah. is, you know, what it's going to take to get to for Dane. So, yeah. uh, and if there's leftover, it'll probably end up at 16,600. So don't, wor- don't worry if there's more out there. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to keep an eye on that and get exactly what I supposed yeah. to get. <laughs> Smart. Uh, it, it's Isabel in charge of those things now. So I know, you know I know. I've, I haven't quite figured out, you know, what, like, does Isabel, is she a beer drinker? Does she like a croissant in the morning? Maybe she likes breakfast burritos. What type of, think, I've got to start I working on that. that um, French perfume. Baked goods will be work with Isabel work perfect. With yeah. my, I know that she's I, I know that Eric is still doing a great job and so since I have credit for bringing Eric to 16600 I'm oh, I'm going to work that work that a little yeah, bit. Right, yeah. Like enough. wow, at Eric he's doing a great job. I think he might even have a truck he's driving right now. Yeah. That's how, that's how you know status at Enterprise Vineyards is what vehicle you're driving. You know, right. when you when you you go from a graduate, from an, an old an old Katuri Subaru to right. a truck. <laughs> if you want to for for the record I drive an old Katuri Subaru still. <laughs> you want to know where I stand. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, it could be a great year to make rosé, Bart. Right. <laughs> Throwing that out there, <laughs> right? At 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 with Rossi Grenache, with Rossi Grenache. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, we need, the world needs more forty dollar <laughs> rosés. <laughs> Please. For the, for <laughs> oh yeah, that bottle barn display just doesn't have enough rosés. <laughs> yeah. That's Let's right. see what else is going on oh, here. I want to do a. a, there's a if we're, are we getting to shout outs and what else is going sure. on? Yeah, because our uh, our guests will be well, here. And Grenache Day, we want to make sure oh. we plant a seed. Plant a uh, seed for for Vinyl Sunday. Vinyl right? Sunday, yeah. Grenache Day with the fig rig. That's September twenty second. Okay. Um, we're bringing the duck confit tacos oh, back right. out. We're bringing the Clifford Brown Ensemble back, back oh, out. Oh, nice. Um, Good guy. And. It's going to so, be a good one. So since kegs of rosé, since be the, the end of the kegs of the rosé, probably. And since you know, well, no, I'll leave this for another time. That's all right. Okay, that's that was an awkward transition. I know. Really <laughs> um, awkward. But I do. Uh, so I do have a bit of sad news, actually, um, especially for 
folks who don't live in Sonoma uh, and aren't going to have a chance to get here by September 1st, uh, our beloved Harvest Moon, Harvest Moon Cafe, sold and they're closing yeah. on September 1st. See, and we feel like you knew this before when we asked you about it. I, um... <laughs> <laughs> no, I I'd always stopped in his tracks because we had heard rumors. We asked you about it, and you're like, "No, everything's good." Yeah, I mean, Nick has wanted to sell forever. He was okay. pretty much over it. Um, he, he doesn't. He, as much as he loved that restaurant, I don't think he liked having to talk to everybody who walked past him. Hopefully, he right. doesn't listen because um, <laughs> it just crushed me. Uh, I still have a few meals planned there too. So. <laughs> um, but, you know, they're opening a new place, the baker and the cook, um, and sort of shifting the focus from what Nick does to what Jen, his wife, does. And she's this master pastry chef, okay. although they will do lunch and, and brunch and breakfast there also. Well, and it sounds part of it is it's about for their own family, right? Yeah. Because they have children. They have and a teenage daughter now. Yeah. And decided to be home at night, keeping an eye on what her teen- their teenage daughter was doing, which is sound... Sound judgment. <laughs> I think we're both going to find that out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just stay home forever. Paul, uh, again, back to Paul White, is in the middle of this, uh, you know, with teenage daughters. So yeah. I see I see the future. Um, <laughs> but so if you can get here by before September 1st, and this will go out, I guess, in this week, Friday. Yeah. So uh, you have a couple weeks to get one last Harvest Moon dinner in. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it's booking out pretty hard for the next... I mean, if I was in, had a restaurant, I would just announce every you know couple years that I was closing and selling the business, have a banging month, shut it down for like four months, and be like, oh, the deal fell through. I got to start over right. again, right. reopen. Right. You know, maybe change the concept. Anyway, but... Well, it's like those stores you see that going out of business sale. Forever, it's, it's yeah. It's like a two years. That <laughs> right. fucking yeah. banner's been up yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> But but there is I mean we already know that there's another there's a cool thing going on cool thing going in. on yeah. and it, it's interesting I'm going to be really curious to see what actually is going on I mean I know we know Tanner yeah um, but someone told me the other day they heard that oh it's nothing more than a scribe tasting room mm, I think that um, I've actually talked to Tanner about this Sonoma problem where things like that become, right well absolutely uh, and wait, that's what I and that's it, what I said to the yeah. person I said that sounds like a Sonoma room who's Tanner yeah so Tanner Wally uh, so, so the people who bought the Harvest Moon, um, it, they're going to call it Valley, and it's going to be um, sort of a you know different concept, but with the same kind of soul about you know everything as locally grown as possible, changing menu items, and then you know some standards things like that, um, but a little bit more casual with a um, you know I'm not going to go too far into like what they're doing, but. Uh, if you are familiar, it's going to have a bottle shop aspect to it. So if you're familiar with a place called Bacchanal in New Orleans, that's their inspiration for it. So check it out. If you've never been to New Orleans, go because of Bacchanal, if no other reason. Um, and it is it is people who currently work for Scribe in the hospitality at Scribe, but has nothing to do with Scribe or the Marianis. Um, and I think okay. that you know that's something that both the people who, you know, the Valley folks... And also the scribe folks are probably pretty sensitive about right, um, and that and that's why I wanted I, right to so, kind of clarify that yeah. that doesn't seem like what it is at all. So, but it is the chef at scribe, the so not Kelly Mariani, who's right. the sister, but um, the person who's who's in the kitchen there um, 
who's going to be the you know culinary lead yeah, cool. at Valley. Um, and Tanner is a musician, probably first and foremost, uh, played. He's like become the official musician of Sonoma Valley Vintners events, which I think is pretty cool. Um, Must mean he volunteers. Yeah, probably. His, his rates are good. <laughs> um, and he played a Vinyl Sunday for me. Yeah. The, um, and he's... He's also, you know, wine geek, um, you know, with New York experience, both on the retail side yeah. and hospitality side, you know, Paul Greco's uh, wine bars and stuff. And then actually, you know, and hopefully Tanner listens to this and realizes and the, the powerhouse of the whole thing that I see is um, Tanner's fiance, Lauren, um, who runs wine programs and restaurants Um all over the country. Yeah, pretty um, amazing. As yeah, pretty you know, basically if you want a, you know, Michelin star, you hire Lauren Feldman. Wow. Um to come and help. It's just I mean that's a Cala and asset in San Francisco, a bunch of stuff. So it's it's legitimate, it's real, it's local people, you know, who um are here and wanting to do something that's cool. So and um, and I when I talked to Tanner I, we kind of talked about, you know, maybe trying to get some of them on the show. Yeah, I mean, I've been trying to... So, I've been trying to get them on the show for a long time anyway, because right. I just want to talk. But um, one of the things that in the rumor mill was like, he's like, I got, I want to talk about something, but I can't talk about it yet. Right. Um, so, that had been going on for a few months. Right. Um, so, know, it seems like a bike, the bike goes on episode. Are we talking? Yeah, but you know, we can still I'm trying to steal. Well, no, it's not, I mean, it's I want to talk the to the on dot com. I, I, uh, yes, exactly. By the way, some great episodes recently. Mike the Baker. Thank you. Yeah. Mike hey, the Baker was awesome. Never yeah. met the guy before. Absolutely in love with the guy now. I want to go came, for a bike ride with him. And then he came in for dinner um, with his beautiful girlfriend. Um, just a super cool guy. Yeah. So that was that was a good experience to, to actually sit down and have a chat. Yeah, very nice. Actually, there's a, a, a auction going on right now. So Mike has he's like battling his second bout of cancer right now. And, you know, prognosis is pretty good, but it's like, you know, this is the freaking American healthcare system where you have to have GoFundMes to pay for your he, medical. He's feeling good, though, uh, right now, yeah. So they're raising a bunch of money, and there's a place in Petaluma called Central Milling. So if you look it up on Instagram, Central Milling, then they're auctioning off a Mike the Baker style oven that they built huh. and all the proceeds go to his, you know, medical fund. Um, oh, cool. So if you could go check that out. I think, I don't know how long the auction's going on, but, um, and if you can't, obviously, you know, you don't want to buy a giant pizza oven for your backyard. <laughs> Party would look great back here. Yeah, um, right. In this you know, just, there's a GoFundMe. You can, you know, go throw 20 bucks if that's what you got. Um, Cause frankly, he's a, He's a national treasure, and he's here in Sonoma. And yeah, for sure. Help, so. For sure. Yeah, and if you want to hear his story, you can go to thebikegoeson.com and, and download the episode. Or I don't even know if you have to download the episode. We just, can get just, some- just press the the little arrow on your computer, and it plays. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Right. Download, this not is, download. I don't know. Welcome to the winemakers, the, <laughs> where the least technologically <laughs> wise people yeah. try and podcast. Thank right. you, Ed, for keeping right. us. Oh, my God. <laughs> What is this microphone again? When? Come on now. Come on. We're doing a great job without John. Um, can we we're just mention John. <laughs> let's, let's talk about the wines that we're drinking because I know we... So, so, Sam, the rosés you brought were... You got the 16600 2018 Grenache. This is the Chris Miller Vineyard Napa Valley 
Is this kosher or not kosher? This is not no, kosher. This is not kosher. This okay. is, I don't see uh, has the unfortunate title of just the the regular normal 16600. It's not kosher right. and it's not kombi. This is your kid that you're Although, proud of, but they're not really going to right, college. Right, this is the kid is like, you know, <laughs> solid Trade honors student at the junior college. Um, no, this is, I mean, really this was... Isabel and Philippe making this wine, but um, making it to be the style that you would expect of 16600 Rosé, which is, you know, pretty pure single vineyard of place. Um, but basically, <laughs> what the it's everything that didn't make the cut for the, right. well, the different style of the production than the, the Audu 10. Right. Um, but, and then where did you pick up this auteur? The- so... There's a new guy working sales at our tour. Um, give him a shout out, Corey, who is great. Go visit him. He's doing a great job there. Um, but he's he came by sixteen six hundred. Loved the vibe. Loves the Syrah. Um, and I think in order to get more Syrah, he's been sending us wine and people on a pretty regular basis lately. So um, yeah, and a figured. tour a tour wines is uh, Kenneth and Laura Huhas. Uh, Kenneth is a winemaker here in the Valley. He consults with a number of different projects, and this is their brand. Um, it, primarily, they make uh, Chardonnay and right. Pinot Noir. Right. I think he has made a cab. He's making cab from uh, the nunnery. From the uh, nunnery from this year. Last year, it was from... Because uh, th- wasn't it from a different vineyard last year? I don't know. At, at any rate. Phil Grown. Right. But, Phil but he's really just been Moon Chardonnay. Yeah, Chardonnay and Pinot. And, but top, top rankings. I mean, like um, Wine Spectator, Parker, um, everything is, you know, 92 and above. All the hotshot um, Pinot Noirs that would never come on our podcast are the... <laughs> Correct. Yeah, he has it, them all. Yeah, if you, all. it's spelled A U T E U R. So I'm sure they have a, a website that you can purchase one. Of. I've had their Chardonnays and they're really good. Yeah, no, the rose yeah. the rose is tasty. Yeah, and we didn't even taste these red wines. Are we saving those for the next episode? Um, I don't know. I'm, I think we're drinking Petit Sirah. We better start slamming some of these. So <laughs> you get got in on the, the Grenaches then? Um, uh, what? I don't know. Um, Save them for the next episode. Because I mean, you can't drink only Petit Sirah. That's true. Well, supposedly th- you can if you do several different expressions of Petit okay. Well, we'll also have some. Well, more. I've already gotten into it. <laughs> oh, so. You already got into it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, this, is, this, is, this is the Rossi Ranch field yeah. blend. I guess we didn't Which talk is about not the really Ranch. Grenache. It's 45 Maved. The 13 was 45 Mavedra, uh, 35 Grenache, 20 Syrah. Remember, we got to get those numbers memorized without even looking at the bottle. Oh, that's amazing. Um, that's good. You must have been working in the tasting room lately. Somebody. Yeah, I have been. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's been gone. Jasmine's, you know, trying to learn French. So That's right. Did you guys set her up with a bunch of people to, yes. to hang out with? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I was Because I was talking to Sonner the other day. She's like, I gave her a bunch of numbers. She hasn't followed up at all as far as like, can you get me in touch with these people? I said, Sam and Isabel probably. Yeah. I mean, I, get, I, I don't know what you did with any of it, but I gave it to her. So. Okay. Jasmine, if you're listening. How's the trip planning going? Right. Yeah. Now she's, uh, now she's got more anxiety. And by the way, there will be a test at the end. Yes. So. Well, and do you think she's going to come back? Um, I don't think she's going to. Actually, I don't think she's going to come back. Oh, uh, uh, no. Uh, no, she's just going to stay. That's <laughs> <laughs> going to happen. <laughs> you think she's never coming home? Never, she's never Lost coming in home. the south of France. Yeah. Okay. She's, she's going to get st- stuck in Marseille and never leave. Okay. I've heard yeah. she might come back in a different condition. I got... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. That I don't either. You can, you can 
I don't know. Maybe, I got, you know, I got there's good health. I actually made it sound kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> and she's, this has been the awkward trans- Brian Casey hour. Happy birthday! I Brian. think she's transitioning. There's, there's a great doctor there. Jasmine is going to be coming back as Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. All right. All I right. think that's a good time to say so Brian you have any shout outs Seriously. Um, Brian, you got anything to save yourself <laughs> no it's my birthday I can do whatever it's I want it's my birthday I can say the weird shit that hey, I want it's my birthday <laughs> what's cool yeah. is it's gonna be your birthday on the next episode too so we're gonna give you birthday shit oh perfect for two episodes in a row yeah. we might have to break out those cupcakes uh, no more cheese more campazola we could just put a candle in the campazola and <laughs> perfect <laughs> very French <laughs> All right, well, if you want to buy some of this killer Grenache that is like the third stepchild of Sam's rosé lineup. <laughs> Literally the redheaded stepchild of our... <laughs> it might be the only one where there's still some left. That's um, You can go to 16, 16600.com. And the auteur, obviously, if, if you're a Chardonnay and Pinot lover and also want to get some Pinot Noir rosé, check it out. And uh, of course, Kenneth and Laura, I would probably put the website on the back of the label. There's just a comment. Um, it is missing. Huh. You know. Atourwines.com. I don't know. I yeah. just made that up. I know. But you know. that's a, no, that's a real note. Yeah. And you know. Sonoma Coast. It's a delightful wine. Uh, nice, no, fresh. Beautiful and delicate. Fruit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. As opposed Sweet to cat. this rosé that is just full on delicious. Yeah. Yeah. No, this, n- delicate isn't the word that even... Even Isabel, you can't really describe with as, with as delicate, but right. certainly nobody else involved in this rosé is right. delicate, <laughs> and that's fine with me. <laughs> All right, and, and always we like to get a shout out to uh, Todd Jolly. It looks like he was just at a um, thing at um, at uh, Sebastiani's house doing a Magnum oh, Bordeaux the, the tasting. Sawyer, Sawyer, tastings, yeah, yeah. yeah. those are yeah. fun tastings, yeah. right? Yeah, if you show up on time, they are. <laughs> Ouch! F you, Bart. <laughs> Sorry, we had a little snafu a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Chris Sawyer, if you're out there, just invite me back sometime. I'll show up on time. It's not, yeah. it's not high school. You don't have to lock the door when we're late. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this has been the winemakers. We uh, we're having a good summer. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, it's a, finally hot. It's a good thing um, that drink rosé and typically don't listen to the end of the podcast. All right, whoever listens to this 10% off DanSellersWines.com. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hit me up. I'm ha- you know what? If I'm selling, I'm selling. All right. Hey, it's a real deal. 10% right. off. I'll match anything that Dane. <laughs> <laughs> All right, DaneSellers.com. Check it out. Leave the promo code I listen to the end of the show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, go to RadioMisfits.com. Leave us a review. Subscribe, um, review. Five stars and say nice things. And download. Whatever that means, just do it. (laughs) (laughs) If there's a button that says download, press it. Because for some reason, that's the only way that we know, you know. That we're right, econo- you don't even actually we're- have to listen. Just download and, and we'll be only- happy. <laughs> In fact, don't listen. That's the only way we know we're economically viable. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.